If um, I think everyone is from here, but if not, you know, if you're visiting, if you want to fill out the little info card we have in the seat back in front of you, um, I'm going to turn things over to Stephen here in a minute, and then uh, then we'll do the offering. <laughs> All right. Yo. <laughs> All right. Welcome. Good morning. Well, we just had a board meeting recently. Yes. Board meetings are just like church. No, a little different. A little different. All right. But. We thought it would be a good idea, actually, if we would share a little bit of what kind of goes on behind the scenes. So uh, the Board of Directors, I'm just going to read this. The Board of Directors of Renovate asked me to speak to you today to give everyone an update on our plans for this coming year. We're very excited about starting the process of recruiting new students for next year's class. This effort actually starts in earnest in March. That's a little over a month. If you uh, are aware of any people that would be interested in attending the school, please let April know actually now would be a good time. Uh, as you know, it's never the wrong time to recruit people into our school. In addition, we're very interested in growing the church body beyond the core student population. It's both normal and natural for our students to make up, uh, make renovate their church home both during and after their school experience because it provides an environment for continuing to live the revival lifestyle and an opportunity to continue in relationships with you know, all the people that we form relationships with, with during school time. We believe that our school and our church body serve a very important purpose within the broader Christian community. In particular, those believers that are longing for revival. We have found that these people are dissatisfied with normal church. They know something deep inside that there's something more. And we believe that Renovate provides a unique experience for these people. Most people, when they come into our services, consistently give us feedback that they can feel the Holy Spirit in a profound way and in a way that's just not experienced in other churches. We need to reach out to these kinds of people. I would venture to say that most of us know people that fit into this category. And what better way to bless them than to have them experience the school and renovate church. Plus, it blesses the body because they become more equipped to live out the mandate of being powerful ministers of the gospel. Not just ministers of the gospel, but powerful ministers of the gospel. So, the board itself we are exploring options uh, as to how to specifically target our message to this segment of believers. In particular, we are exploring avenues for doing targeted marketing, primarily through social media like Facebook. <laughs> However, the best <laughs> form of advertising is word of mouth advertising. Your testimony is the most powerful form of advertisement. How do you do this? In simple ways, like posting your testimonies on Facebook, sharing your experiences here with your friends, and if anyone ever says that they're dissatisfied with what's going on in their relationship with God, then have them come talk to April, and there'll be some good things going on after that. 
Also, April's planning on getting on the road again, being a guest speaker at various other churches and organizations in the near future, because we have found that when she makes these presentations, people can feel that something's going on, and it naturally attracts interest in the school and also the church. As most of the people here know, we only had 10 current first-year students, which is way below our normal class size. But I must say, it is a powerful 10. Yes. And unlike other years where we had a lot more people, a lot of them dropped out midway through the year. But this group has not been detoured at all. I don't think at we've all. lost a single, <laughs> single one. A lot of this has to do with a smaller class size a cl smaller class size was we didn't do such a great job in getting the word out last year just to be honest and transparent mostly due to a large amount of transition we had going on moving into the space that kind of thing although we are hopeful that we will once again recruit a large first-year group the board has come to the conclusion that we need to engage in right sizing initiatives to match our current student and church population in particular we will be exploring an option with the landlord to sub out Suite 104. If you don't know what Suite 104 is, that's the kids' room next door, to another tenant. If we are successful in this effort, it is expected to reduce our rent expense and related utilities by almost 40%. With respect to finances, the board wants to emphasize again the importance of consistent giving on behalf of the church body and payment of all tuition by the students, we are happy to report that in almost all cases, tuition is being paid in accordance yes. with the agreed upon schedule. So good. That goes to honor. Yes, honoring our commitments has been great. We know that many of you have been sacrificially giving to renovate, but here's a behind the scenes look at renovate. We see that giving greatly depends upon whether a person attends church on Sunday. If they don't attend, they don't seem to give. It's not that they don't mean to give, it's rather it's like out of sight, out of mind. However, <laughs> with the beauty of modern technology and our push pay app, come on. you are able to donate even when you don't come so that you can maintain your consistent giving. Or if you really want to bless Renovate, you can sign up for automatic giving so you don't <laughs> even have to think about it. That would be awesome. As an example, think about what you plan to do for upcoming Super Bowl weekend. There is going to be a Renovate Super Bowl party at April's Woo house where we will be taking an offering. But if you're not attending, and don't, don't wait for the outcome, you know, I think the Patriots may. Uh, <laughs> I won't go there. Um, please remember to contribute via pushback. Uh, there is another harsh reality that I personally would like to share with the church body uh, behind the scenes. Uh, in those months where giving is below expectation and in light of the fixed expenses we have, the only thing that can, can give to make up the shortfall is the salary of your pastor. The landlord expects to be paid on time. The utility company expects to be paid on time. The copier lease company expects to be paid on time. Pretty much the only way for shortfall to be made up is for your pastor and other staff members to get a cut in their paycheck. Yes. A healthy house takes care of its leadership. So I wanted to give you uh, the opportunity to know what goes on behind the scenes. You're giving to this organization, as opposed to some other charities, does not go to pay a lot of organizational overhead. 
these are real dollars going to real people. The expenses we have in running Renovate are as about as lean as you can get. Hope I've seen the numbers. I want to share a bit of that reality with you. Please keep that in mind as you give. The board would also like to take this opportunity to remind everyone that this is the season for tax refunds coming. Therefore, the board is respectfully requesting that you consider a sizable gift to the church out of these proceeds. Because I know there's a lot of a lot of desire, but not a lot of resources sometimes. But this would be a good time. There are various other exciting initiatives that I don't have. I'm not at liberty to kind of share at this time, but we will be in the next few months, and they're really cool. But un until then, thank you for being a member of the church and the school and being an important part of this revival community. Yes. So that being said, it's time for the offering. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to pull out your PushPay app uh, and think about all the things that you've, you've gotten from this house, and important, more importantly, I think, the role that this place plays in the broader church. This is a place, there's, there's frankly a lot of people probably most people before they've come here were in that place of frustration they were like you know this just it's just not like fitting with what I kind of you bring picture to life these dry bones so uh, in recognition of that I would like to like think about what you can give and also um, if you do think it'd be a good idea you to change some I just wanted to share a few things that are on my heart. Um, you know, as a well, I was a board member first before I was a staff member. But correct as <laughs> both of those things, and just uh, I guess, like I said, I just want to share share my heart as being on the board for a few years. I don't know how many years, whatever, for quite a while, five years, and um, seeing what we've done here and what God's been doing here, and and I mean to be frank, like 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 he said. We don't spend a lot of money. Like, our expenses are as low as you can go. Um, and the truth is, the only place it can come is, is really from the staff's pay. And I've said, like, before I was a staff member and even being on staff, I'm always like, like, 
That woman needs to get paid more than what we're paying her. The rest of the staff needs to get paid more than what we're paying her, and, and we're honestly struggling to do that. So um, I say that not to, like, I don't know, not from a position of worry or, like, whatever. I don't want there to be weirdness about it, but, like, I, I just feel this, this sense, like, we're family. Like, we're family, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do through that. Um, some of you have heard this testimony from me, like, a couple years ago. I was going through this, uh, this situation at work where I had this pursuit that we were going after to win a project uh, so we could get more work. <laughs> and, uh, but I said it, I stopped in the moment, in the middle of that, and I was like, Holy Spirit, what are you going after in this moment? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. What are you going after with me in this moment? It's not just to win this project. And, and in that particular case, he said, well, you're going to learn victory over fear. And so what I did, like, through that whole pursuit, and, and I, like I said, I've shared this before, but, like, every interaction I had with a team member, every decision I made, I, I focused on victory over fear. Like, I didn't avoid it. I went after it. And in the end, like, the day that I had to go in and give this presentation to the client to, to compete for it, I just, it was awesome. I had total peace. Like, um, whether we won it or not didn't matter because I, I had obtained that victory over fear. And we went in, and uh, it couldn't have gone better. It went totally smooth, and we knocked it out of the park, and we won it. And it, and it was a job that we, uh, I guess you could say it was out of our class. Like, <laughs> we shouldn't have had been able to go after it, but we did, and we won it. The whole reason I, I'm telling you that is, like, I really believe God's doing something in this moment when it comes to giving here. So I just encourage you, as you're, I, I know you've given some this morning, as you give again, you know, throughout the week, if it's on your heart, or next week, like, just spend time with Holy Spirit and, and, and just be like, Holy Spirit, what are you doing in this moment? Like, what are you doing in me and what are you doing in our body for Renovate and through Renovate? Um, you know, I know if you come here on a Sunday morning, like, you know, we're pretty small, right? There's, there's not a lot of folks here, but I, I just want you to understand, like, what the, the magnitude of the impact is that we have in yeah. the region and in the nation and in the world. Like, let's start with the world. <laughs> <laughs> like we've sent teams out all over the world. We've had revival breakout from our uh, from our students, from our staff members in other countries. Jeannie's help Jeannie helped start a school of supernatural ministry. Yeah. In another country. On accident. On accident. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say like on on the Holy Spirit's purpose or like on purpose Holy Spirit, right? Right. <laughs> um in the region, we've touched other churches. Other schools have been started yeah. through us. We have um, international speakers that come and, and speak here and do conferences here, and people come from all over the place to listen to them and, and receive uh, through us. Our students are going out and impacting their worlds. Right. You know, their families. So I, I want you to get a vision for what we're doing now and where we're going. Like, we're not stopping. We're not stopping. Um, I was sharing with Lisa uh, this week, like, I feel like, I want to say, like, this is our greatest moment. Like, like this is one of those times where we'll look back, you know, 10 years from now, we'll look back and be like, wow, this was our strongest moment. Like remember when we pulled together and we and we moved forward and look how strong we are, you know we were strong before and now. So I, I just wanted to share that with you. Um, 
I know there are several people in the in the room that are, I want to say it this way, technically members of Renovate Church. A while back, we had we had shared with everybody that's on our app um, that we have an application for membership. Um, so if if you call this place home and you haven't ever filled that out, I want to encourage you to fill it out. And that just obviously it helps us to just connect. But um, honestly, as a board, like moving forward, it helps us to make decisions and understand like who's a, who calls this place home and and um, and who and who doesn't. You know, it is is tough sometimes because we have students that that are here during some of our, our or during not some but during our student services, but they're still you know members of of other churches. So. If you call this place home as your church, I want to encourage you to do that. You can go to our app, and you can fill that out there. We also have some hard copies there. I'll put them back um, back up there. But before you leave, if, if you're interested in being a part, uh, you know, just saying yes officially to what we're doing here in the church, um, I want you to fill one of those out, okay? All right. I will shut up now. <coughs> and uh, I want I, I April to, um, to come up here. I want you guys to stand up. And... Just honor her. You know, this woman is courageous in what she's doing, um, what she's willing to say that other people aren't willing to say, what she's willing to fight for for us, the weight that she's willing to carry for us in all of her person, and what she's going after for us. So just give it up for April. I know. Oh, good morning. How are you guys doing? Great. Good? You got your warm clothes on? Yeah. I'm like, what am I going to wear? What have I not worn in over a year? <laughs> right? You know, it's like, I got to pick good because it might be the only time I get to wear it. Right? All right. I don't know if you like me. I got all excited. I was like, oh, I can wear this. Oh my goodness! Um, I'm gotta figure out what I'm going to do exactly here because I have two different words on my heart, and I have um, 25 minutes to give them to you. So, <laughs> Holy Spirit, come! Um, there's been something that's been on my heart, and I I've been seeking the Lord. Like, what is going on? Like, what is it that um, conflicts within us the the completeness of what Christ accomplished and the struggle that it didn't happen. Because we all kind of have that. Like, I believe he was the Christ. I believe he died on the cross for me. But the completed work, you know, isn't that like, in the future, like some other thousand-year reign beyond, you know, what we're living in, right? There's been this teaching and this kind of mindset of, isn't that it? And so when we have that kind of mindset, then we, like, put off healing. You know, revival is actually dumb. Because really all it is is waking back up to what's been accomplished. So why don't we live in that accomplishment instead of look for events of it? Right? And why, why does this happen? Why is there this conflict of um, the reality of what he accomplished and walking in the boldness of our identity as sons and daughters of Father God? Because that's what he accomplished. 
right? He accomplished that, um, that our identity is no longer separated from God. That, that the living God dwells in his temple. And Jesus said to his disciples, he goes, this temple right here, it'll be destroyed. I'm going to tear it down. In, in three days, I'll build it back up. Uh-huh. Like, you can't do that. Like, that was what was around him. The argument around him was, you can't do that. Do you know what our fathers went through to rebuild this temple and how long it took? Like, three days. What are you talking about? He was talking about this right here. This right here was accomplished in three days. Hmm. It was accomplished. Like, we know it's accomplished because, well, we have relationship with God. But the walking in the fullness of our identity, why is there a struggle? Anybody? Now, some of you might have been told it was your sin nature. You cannot avoid it. You are always a sinner, and you're always at war with God. How did that not happen in completion at the cross? I'm confused by that. If I'm a sinner, how can God dwell in me? Isn't that the point? Oh, well, it doesn't happen yet. Wait, I'm confused. Then why did he come? Why did he come? What is this struggle? And and so um, I was thinking about the narrative, the scripts, the language that goes on in our heads. You know what that is, don't you? And sometimes you can get caught up in it, especially if you're upset at someone. You can have really good conversations right here. Unfortunately, however, they're not real. But what they do is they affect your heart. Your heart. Your heart. Man, where do we get this? And... um. An interesting thing happened in the Bible. It's called the Exodus. Now, the Exodus is very interesting. Because it, it was a difficult situation that people were in. They were in a place of bondage. They had brought, been brought in for safety, um, the Israelite people had been brought into Egypt for safety through Joseph. They'd been brought in through safety. Um, they were given the best of the land because of Joseph. And they thrived, and they thrived so well it freaked the Egyptians out, especially the Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph, didn't know of Joseph. So they got comfortable in their land. So it wasn't their land. But it was easy to adopt that land. Right? Because if it's good, why leave? Until oppression came. Until the Pharaoh that was over them was was evil, was difficult, was um, just mean-spirited. He had a hard heart. <laughs> and so... What started to happen was that there's now this conflict between the Israelites and Egypt. 
And really, before that, you don't see that. You don't see, you see things going on. You know, here's, here's the people who are following God, Abraham, Isaac. But it's not necessarily like deep conflicts in which you don't see them being with God and, and, and living and prospering because of it. It's the first time you have oppression. And in the oppression, there, there becomes basically an enemy. An enemy that's personal, an enemy that's um, tyrannical, like it's, it's the bad guy. It's the first real bad guy in the Bible. And so what happens is there needs to now be a, um, a savior from the bad guy. There needs to be a rescue. There needs to be, there's a bad guy, and now we need a rescuer. And what we really like is that they're anointed and appointed by God. And we see that actually being true in the narrative, right? Okay. And then they get out with the leader. They get out of the oppression. And, and they're heading to the promised land. They don't make it very quickly. They don't make it very quickly because they have this, this mindset of slavery. They have this mindset of a victim. They have a mindset of being oppressed. And it doesn't work in the promised land. Huh. doesn't work in the promised land. Okay. And so, you know, 40 years goes by, and the next generation comes up. And the next generation says, well, let's get out of here. Like, let's go on to the promised land. And they, they come out of that transitional time, and now they are living in their inheritance, the land they actually came from before they went to Egypt. And it's a good land. It's a really good land. And, and God, the Spirit of God moves before them and, and takes over. Now, it's not a bad story. It's actually a great story. Unless we take it continually past the finished work of Christ. Once we take it past the finished work of Christ, we're telling a story as though it did not happen. Like we have a narrative going on that's somewhere over here, not over here. It's somewhere back in oppression, back in an enemy. What would happen if that next generation that was that was led by the Spirit of God into the inheritance, what would happen if they behaved the way the previous generation had? But what happened, you know, obviously I'm talking about us. If, if Christ came, if that's the story, if that's the narrative of the Messiah, of Christ Jesus, that he defeated the enemy, he defeated death. Do you know what your enemy is? Death. He defeated it. Both in the spirit and in the body. 
And because of that, we have access to healing. We have access to the sp- being led by the Spirit of God in prosperity. We have the, the, the freedom to prosper in the inheritance of Christ. That's our get-to. But if we forget it, and we go back on the other side of it, and we tell our narrative over here, and we live in a way in which we need to be rescued, that we're always creating enemies, that we're always living as though we're oppressed, and that we always need a Savior. Well, there was one, and he finished the work. I want to live in his finished work. You're like, wait a second. But isn't that story in there for us to live our lives like that every day? No, Christ's story is in the Bible for you to live your life this way every day. That's our choice. But if we don't understand the script going on in our head, we can get caught up in it really easy. And suddenly life's hard and life's difficult and life hurts and, and life is scary. And my goodness, you know, the world has existed for 2,000 years. I doubt this is the scariest it's ever been. 2,000 years, whatever, longer than that. I get it. I was thinking Christ. But, you know, some people say millennia. Other people say 7,000 years. Pick, I don't care. It's a long time. I'm sure it's been scarier. Kingdoms have come and gone on the earth. Where are we in that? You know, I think it was Sean said, hey, we're actually seated with Christ. Like up above, like our perspective is different. Our perspective is heaven's perspective. Our perspective is the finished work. If I forget that, then, then what I do has no fruit. Like my prayers don't work as well as they used to. Like like trouble comes, finances. Like I, I have fears. I have, you know, and I'm going this way. Until I remember who I am. I remember whose I am. I remember that what was accomplished. And my heart swells up with gratitude, swells up with the understanding of who I am. Like, all of a sudden, what's in me has to adjust. I was thinking about we, when we were in worship. I'm like, you know, we don't have to tell things to go. Just invite God to come, and they will go. You know? And you can agree with that going. I like to agree with the going. It's not that other things don't exist. They do. But we get to walk in. We have a mandate to walk in something different. The completed work. What does it look like? You know, this thing about the kingdom and and what is it? It's the good news. That we don't live like that anymore. So now it's like, well, then what? story what narrative like how do we how do we deal with the world around us it's like who do we listen to what do we decide 
Well, I think there was a really important text. And it's like, put on the mind of Christ. And then renew that mind again and again and again and again. So that the narrative isn't one of fear and oppression and tyranny, but the narrative is one of sonship. Glory. (laughs) As it is in heaven, in my earth. See, the place I come from is from victim to conqueror. We would sing it say like he's victory. He's victory. He is the victor. If I'm not in him, I struggle. Or I look to things or I believe things. Oh my God. You don't have to even look. People will send you stuff that's like, It's scary, it's scary, it's really scary. I'm like, Oh my word. I have worked for five years to get people out of this stuff. I get that that's not a long time. The journey out of it has been much longer. Much longer. You know, there's a difference between, oh my word, there is a difference between an ideology and something you've lived out. You know, this is not just hear this, because everything I want is for you to have a power and authority in everything that you are, everywhere you go. That's why I do this. That's why I give you who I am. But it's so interesting, because I'm not thinking. I'm just a person. I'm a person like you. And I walk in somebody's room, and I start talking, and they're like, the whole world just changed. I'm like, really? Why? Obviously, I know why, but I'm usually curious what's going on in them. I can't explain his presence being with me other than I didn't just have an ideology about it. I walked it out. I lived it out. I pursued it. I pulled on it. I released it. Like, I just will not give up. When he says I'm courageous, yeah, that's because, you know, when I recognize fear in me, I'm like, got to get out of this. (laughs) (laughs) Take a risk. Put the truth out. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world. It doesn't matter. You have already been victorious. You have already been victorious. He either really completed it or he did not. And I'm personally just not willing to take my church back here. I'm not. And I will say so again and again and again and go, "Uh uh-uh. No matter what goes on, God, Christ didn't say, oh, you know, like, it's going to be good for you. Now that you are like the temple of the living God. Meaning the world is now going to be completely at peace. He didn't say that. He said, in me, here's how you're going to affect the world. And people are going to go, that is so different. When you walk in the room, everything changed. Why? 
I'm like, I don't know why. I was, I was saying to Taylor, there's no way I'm getting my other word. Well, I might. I might. We th- we'll see. I doubt it, though. But uh, I was talking with Taylor. I, it's funny. This is not commentary on our worship team. I <laughs> think this is commentary on God. All morning I had, like a tidal wave, rushing over me. You know, that's kind of destructive. (laughs) Wait a second, like, people in Thailand, how happy would they be to sing this song? Like a hurricane. I'm like, you know, those are scary. Your love is fierce. Like a hurricane and a tidal wave. I'm like, what does that sound like out there? God's scary. He's going to destroy stuff because those things are acts of God. Against an enemy. For the deliverance of a people. Gosh, I thought he already did that with his son. I thought that's what that was. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, Taylor, I'll read it because it's good. I'm like, you know, Taylor, it's so interesting because all I can think of is Elijah in the cleft of the rock. And he was full of fear, running from his enemy. But actually, he just saw God smoke, which is interesting. See, the victory had already happened, and he's still running in fear. And uh, the word of God, the word of the Lord comes to Elijah and he says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? He's like, oops, I messed up. I got zealous. I got zealous for your name. No, I'm the only one left. (laughs) Now they're going to get me too. He goes, you better uh, hide yourself in there because my presence is coming. Hide in the cleft of that mountain because my presence is coming. See, there was the word of the Lord. What are you doing here? And then the word of the Lord says, you better get in there. My presence is coming. And then this, I'll read it. It's really good. Listen to what it sounds like. Huh? Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. What does that sound like? Anybody? A hurricane. Right? But the Lord was not in the wind. It came before the Lord's coming, but it was he wasn't in it. What is all that stuff moving around? What is that stuff leaving? Because guess who's coming? Hmm. 
but he's not in it. Hmm. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Like, if the hurricane's not enough, now, the, now there's an earthquake. I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake, but I have a couple of them. Little ones. And even the little ones freak you out. Because the things that are solid, don't, they're not solid anymore. Under your feet, what has been solid, this piece of concrete is no longer solid. You know what this does? It goes like water. It doesn't just shake. It starts to move like this. Like you can look at a road and the road's going. Like what? Like, huh? What? What's solid on your feet is no longer solid, but he's not in that. Okay. After the earthquake came fire. 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 But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. And the Israelites have rejected your covenant and broken down your altars and put your prophets to death by the sword. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. And go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elijah, Elisha, sorry, son of Zaphis, to, su- to succeed you as a prophet. Isn't that interesting? In that moment, there's all this commotion. And when the whisper comes, that's what the Lord did. And you know what he tells them? Go anoint a whole bunch of other people to be the next generation to come after you. To take the inheritance. Like you're not the only one. Like stop thinking you're the only one. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to pass it on. They're going to know me. These things you've been running from, they're over. Here's what Jehu's going to do. Here's what Elisha's going to do. May I dare say that he came into peace? And all that other stuff. Interesting there was fire too, right? All this stuff went out before him. I want to stand right here in the cleft of this rock and I want to be in peace. I want to listen to peace. Prince of Peace. He's been around a while. But he did something. He completed something. He released something. There's an inheritance to be in and there is the ability to give it away 
to another generation. There's the ability to live differently. We have lots of options today. We really do. Hmm. I'm sure we'll probably sing that again at some point, but you know, I'm really starting to pay attention to the, the communication of our words. Who are we communicating God to be? And are we communicating, I love that song. Did you guys write that song? Just second to last. Who did? Elevation Worship. Okay. It was really good. It's, uh, he resurrected and he resurrected me. Like, I am. It's a different mindset than I will be. Oh, I should let you go. I was thinking... I'm like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. How do we do this? And I wish I could get away from it sometimes because I think it's misinterpreted. I think it's misunderstood. I think, I think we wash our words and the value and the power in them, and we make them mean whatever we want them to mean. We use them for our cause. I have one cause. It's the cause of Christ. That's my cause. A lot of people don't necessarily like it all the time. That's okay. Because I've lived a life for a really long time. Maybe not as long as some people, but a really long time of being different than of being different than how do we do this the only thing I can ever go back to that defeats death that defeats victim mentality that defeats bleh, that comes out of people in the name of God is to come right back to the command of Christ. It's what he gave us. Like we can we can understand what he accomplished, but we need to we need to really truly take hold of this one thing that he gave us. It's the only thing that had the word command. <laughs> that means you don't get out of that one. But what if it also means that there is tremendous power in it to operate in the finished work so that everything becomes defeated? Do you want sickness to be defeated? Do you want mental illness to be defeated? You want poverty to be defeated. Man, 
There is nothing like, I can never get away from it. And I don't want to. But when you walk in the dump and you see the children playing and you see the families eating their dinner and you're walking in the dump, you're in the dump like garbage is under your feet. How do we defeat this kind of stuff? Something about our life has to be different, not because we think it's a good idea and we like to get rallied up about stuff, but like that it is in us. Every cell resonates with it, and when you go somewhere or you do something or you say something, everything goes... command of Christ, love one another. That's not wimpy. You got to defeat a whole bunch of stuff in here to do that. And it looks like something. It accomplishes something. Real. And in it, he is the whisper. He is the peace. He is Ha! Ah, the victory. And I see from that from that vantage point. I get a lot of testimonies. And they're like, I was a total mess. And when I came into renovator when I came into your office or when you prayed for me, whatever it is. My mess went away. You didn't see it. Like you knew it was there, but you didn't see it. And I have become who I am. My life is good. I'm finding victory every day. God loves We're talking about what this place is, or, or, or the, you know, I was talking to my husband this week. I'm like, the atmosphere of, of what this is, it's his presence. How do we accomplish that? Love one another. There's always going to be difference in the world. I hope so, anyway. Because I think it's something good that we get to come overcome, that we get to that we get to work out the accomplishment of Christ in our temple. Until, I hope, we are transfigured. <laughs> love one another with, as I have loved you. As I've loved you. How did he love us? We were a mess. We're a mess. We mess up. We make messes. Why? We, we think we live over here. It justifies all our mess. Justifies the bad guy. The oppression. The bad behavior. I need a savior. Be my savior. Nope. Not your savior. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Let me introduce you to Jesus. He's real. You can feel him. You can experience him. 
How do we know? You, all your bad stuff goes away. Now, maybe sometimes stuff might come up, or sometimes things in the world might be scary, and it looks like, ah! But that's good, because it causes you to go back into the cleft of the rock and go, peace. And you find that from that place, now there is authority, that remembrance of your identity. There is authority, and and you release peace. Peace to the storm, peace to the situation, peace to nations, peace to my family. But sometimes it looks exactly like I'm saying, and sometimes it doesn't. But what's going on in here? What's going on in here? And I work it out so that what I am in with him, my my reality that is Christ in me, the hope of glory, that is proven again and again and again until confidence comes and boldness comes and I walk into things and I declare them. And it might look like hurricanes in people's lives and it might look like earthquakes in people's lives and it might look like fire, but that's just stuff leaving. And then the peace comes. Totally not going to get to the other word I really did have. But I think it's important. I think it's important because I think that if we go back, what I'm trying to say is death was defeated. Death is the enemy. It's defeated. It got buried and Christ rose and you rose in him. In, in my famous words, it's either true or it's not. I'm going to live from this narrative. I'm going to live from this story. And I'm going to believe that the power of God in me, that he has worked in me because he has come, he has chosen to come again and again and again. I adjust myself to him again and again and again so that what flows out of me is life. And in that flowing of life, everything that's in people's lives, and I have seen it, I have seen hard things. I have seen addictions. I have seen homosexuality. I have seen um, people who've just had abortions. I'm laying my hands on them. I'm saying, God loves you. No, he can't. Yes, he does. You've been redeemed. These things I talk about, yes, I kind of, you know, try and keep it general because I'm not trying to brag. (laughs) I'm just saying this stuff moves. It moves. I've seen it move. I've walked it out moving. Not here in the pulpit. Like before I got here. And because it's so real, I can't help but speak. I can't help but give it away. This is what I want to do. Because mm. I want you to have hope. I want you to have hope that like who you are in Christ is bigger than what goes on in the world. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. <sighs> Elisha got the double portion 
because he would not leave without the presence. And when he's dead and in a tomb, and they place another body on his bones because he's so dead, he's just bones. The man comes to life. That's before Christ, people. All right, well, I'll have to preach my other word another day. But it's a really good one. My fight, the fight I fight, is seeing the people I love in a fight. (laughs) Seeing people go backwards instead of forwards. And if we make one another our enemy, we are in big trouble. Because we are not adhering to the command of Christ. And the word I was going to get into, I'll just hint at it because I'm going to give it. So part two either tonight or next Sunday. So come to both. (laughs) Is that if we see people different than us as an enemy, we are back here. I don't want to go back here. So the story I'm going to tell next, some other day, or tonight, is about Peter. I'm going to tell the whole story about Peter. Because it's, it's who we are. And there is something we get to have access to, that we are, that we are, all of us are, no matter what. Like he did it whether we like it or not. (laughs) And it's in us whether we're fully aware of it or not. And if we struggle, the struggle isn't about him. It's for us. To what? Gain confidence in him. That he is with us everywhere we go and he's not against us. And in the things of life that come and go, we we are for one another. Not against one another. There are differences in this room, and I praise God for all of them. The glory gets worked out in difference. Okay? Why don't you stand with me? Jesus, Jesus, thank you for building our temple out of resurrected life, living stones, 
not formed by man. You have victory made. Give us boldness and strength and wisdom to express you well, to reveal you well, to carry you well. To not be divided, but be unified by the command of Christ that we truly love because we receive your love. Not when it's easy, (laughs) when it's hard. So a multiplication of fruit, multiplication of harvest, multiplication of promise and inheritance and favor and the goodness of the Lord revealed in the earth. Is this the truth of who you are? Spirit of truth, be a fire. Love comes. Love come and rest in the depth of our bellies that that fire burns from. And when it wanes, Jesus, love. Thank you that you draw us back. Thank you for making us like you. Be revealed. Amen.